Shaquille O'Neal, announcing this is episode 215 of the Q&A podcast with my boys, your hosts, Anthony, and his other boy, DeQuincy, via satellite. I mean, Zoom, as always. <laughs> Hit it, boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you kept that going for as long as you did. I, I was, really I, am, too. I was ready for you to say, ah, oh, cut, cut, done, let me try again. But you you made it all the way through. Congratulations, oh. man. One take Tony. That's my new mm-hmm. name. How'd you like that? That was my Shaquille O'Neal impersonation. You know, you've gone on a couple of podcasts having very, like, low-key intros. And here you go. <sighs> Shaq and a fool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured, you know, we rarely talk about basketball. Mm-hmm especially with the state of the Rockets these days. But uh, it was a big week, too big to, to ignore. Mm-hmm. Who better to introduce us than the big man, than the Shaq Daddy, than Shaq Diesel himself? For free, <laughs> I might add. Okay, yeah. The only thing we lost was time. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? Uh, better now that I got that impersonation out of the way. I mean, you did better than I thought you were. That's all I can say. That's I know that's damning with fang praise, but that's what I'm gonna give you. You know, it sounded a lot worse in my head, which mm-hmm. is like not so. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take it. And it's probably gonna sound a lot worse when you listen to this podcast when it comes out tomorrow. Oh, I won't be listening to this uh, one for sure. Oh wow, coward. <laughs> Anyway, so we're here, here to talk about this week in sports. Originally, the plan was just come in. We talk about football. You know, D'Amico Ryan's getting hired as a Texans head coach, and we're going to go into the Super Bowl. But credit to the NBA. They just came through on Super Bowl week and just took over. Completely. The, yeah, the new stream. I mean, it's been, it's been going since last week when – Kyrie Irving demanded a trade out of Brooklyn and got it, got it. And we're going to talk about that. Believe you me. And then just, just all the way to uh, this past Thursday's trade deadline. It was, it's been a crazy, crazy NBA week. Jam packed week. Mm-hmm. Um, a real, a real risk, not risk, but you know, just kind of the, uh, uh, the result of, going two weeks in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. You know, a lot can happen in that time that kind of overshadows, you know, the Super Bowl itself. And uh well the problem is they um add that extra game, which means that there's an extra week in the NFL season. Cause any other year the Super Bowl would have been played last week. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have to deal with this. And and know. then you know like some, I heard someone talking about that recently. Like, by the end of this second week, like, what is there? What else is there to talk about? Like, the writers clearly have run out of 
topics to you know to write about. You know, yeah, it's like you oh, can only talk about the Kelsey brothers for so much. The Kelsey and brothers, this being a matchup, uh, the first time ever two black quarterbacks. Um, I you know what I really maybe it's just because I haven't been online that much, but I really haven't seen um much media coverage about the Super Bowl. I haven't either. So I don't know if just like uh, it's not there or I'm just ignoring it or what. But I feel like even when I go on ESPN, like the main story is usually Super Bowl coverage. This is what's going to happen. We got we got it all. Um, we're going to break down the, the game and see who's, who's got the X's and O's. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's only happened like in the last couple of days. I think Bill Barnwell finally put out his like Super Bowl review like um, – <laughs> Uh, this, uh, not yesterday. I think it came out today on Friday. So it's not like I don't know. It's it. I keep thinking like maybe it's just me. Like I don't watch football like I used to. It just doesn't hit like like it used to when I was younger. And that may be because you know I'm older and I'm I have more interest than I used to. Or it's because the home team here isn't good, so I'm not paying attention. Right, but. I'm glad you're you're noticing the same thing I'm noticing. Like you, you just don't see that football. I it gets the reins everything, but it's just not attention grabbing. Yeah, and, and you know I agree. Like the the state of the Texans, you know other you know responsibilities and commitments and things like that. You know takes away from you know my time and energy to invest in the Super Bowl. Like I was talking to some friends last night, like, hey, you know, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I don't even know. I really don't even know. I'm not. And people were shocked. Like, wait, you don't have plans? What, like, like definitive plans? Like, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and this should be a game that that I'm, I should be hyped up for, you know? To, um, you know, the, the, his, this, the, the historicalness, or I don't know if that's the right word. I'm not sure that is a word, but that's never stopped us before. <laughs> right. Of two black starting quarterbacks. Uh, and for me, like, you know, two quarterbacks from Texas, you know, Texas, you know, homegrown guys, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and one being from Houston, like mm-hmm. there should be a lot to, you know, look, you know, to be excited about, but I think it's that, that extra week, there was a lull, and then man, just everything that happened in basketball since last Thursday. Not just the trades, but you know, yeah, there's yeah, there's plenty to talk about. But do you yeah. want to start with the trades? Um, I was going to ask you. Speaking of the black quarterbacks, can you name um all the black quarterbacks that appeared in the Super Bowl? I believe uh, there's only seven, I want to say. Is it Stevie Williams from Washington? Doug Williams. but the- <laughs> Doug Williams, that's right. Um, oh, was Williams. Steve McNair? Steve McNair was in a... You're correct. You're, ac- you're actually getting him in order, too. Doug Williams was 1987. Steve McNair was 99, was it? Against the Rams, yeah, yeah, nine nine. Uh, Russ, of course. Yes, Russ Wilson. That's went to two. That's two thousand thirteen and fourteen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Lamar, he wasn't a starter for the Ravens, was he? No, that was still um. God, what's his name? Flacco. Yeah, thank you. I... Yeah, Kaepernick was the quarterback in that game. Yes, and that's not what yeah. twenty, uh, twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. So you're missing four. I'll give it to you right now. So sure. Dominic Nab in two thousand four. That's right. Against the Patriots, uh, Cam Newton twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. In Houston. Yeah. That now. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and now Jalen Hurts. So all the black quarterbacks have that play in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just read, cool. yeah, just a little bit of history going through. Yeah. Uh, but also it's uh, it's kind of like it's 2023 and it's like it's the first time this has ever happened for black people. It's like I'm glad it's happening, but it shouldn't have took this long. <laughs> yeah. It's like whenever I see like a um like any um, company or like university would be like, we just hired our first black such and such in, in our history. It's like, damn, it took that long. Right. Anyway, uh, let's start. We'll go back to NBA. We'll talk about the NBA trades. Um, like I said, there were a lot done. There are a lot of trades done. Which one would you like to start with, man? It's your choice. Uh, let's start with the Kyrie trade, man. It was the, it was the first trade that kicked everything off that, grabbed all the headlines, um, took all of our attention away from the Super Bowl, even. Yeah, Kyrie requesting a trade um, because apparently the Nets were shifting him on his on his money. Like, they were only going to guarantee him so much, and that was determined on them winning the NBA championship. Which, like, if you're Kyrie, I understand why you'd be upset about that. But if you're the Nets, there's no way that you could trust this man with a $200 million contract. Of course not. Like, no, I mean, at this point, once all the details become available, mm-hmm. because the initial reaction obviously is, here we go again. It's Kyrie. He's being Kyrie. You know, it can't go two weeks without, you know, grabbing headlines for non-basketball things. Um, Kornheiser called him the worst teammate in NBA history, I think, or sports history, something like that, you know. Which is debatable, you know. I, uh, there's a lot of teammates we'd have to go through. I was gonna say, if you go back to the '70s and '80s, there are a lot of NBA players that are on that cocaine. So I don't know <laughs> if you can call an airhead as bad as a cocaine, but sure, we'll go on. And uh, yeah, you know, and and and, and during a time when the Nets were are still, you know, a good team, they're still top four in the, in the Eastern Conference. Um, and that's with KD being out for a while. Right. And, you know, he was holding his own. He, the team was holding its own. Mm-hmm. But then you, you you hear these details of the contingencies of winning a title and things like that. Look, business is business at the end of the day, and you have to do what's best for you, um, whether it rubs everyone the wrong way or not. Um and that goes both ways. That goes mm-hmm. for the Nets and Kyrie. Kyrie, in, in the interest of his own business, said, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And the Nets, in the interest of their own business, said, you got to okay, get out of here. Let's let's get you out of here. Fine. Once and for all. Yeah, I, I definitely see both sides. Of course, I'm going to be I'm going to stand the Nets side because everything Kyrie has done the past year has just been. 
Oh yeah. <sighs> it's, Just it's, trying to find a way to make trouble. We talk about firsts, you know, uh, with like black quarterbacks facing each other in the Super Bowl. This might be the first time that De Quincey himself has sided with or leaned more favorably towards the organization as a man who on numerous occasions that we've talked about sports, whether whatever sport it is, it's always been the players first, get your money, get paid, son, do what you got to do. But in this, this is a very rare occasion. This is a very uh, special case with um, a man who. Well, uh, well, when when you're out here talking about how black people are the real Jews and Jewish people stole everything, uh, uh, that's when I wipe my hands of you on your own. (laughs) Like you're bringing the Jew world order down on um, the the Brooklyn Nets. I can look up like, hmm, you may be in the wrong on this side. Right, right. And then when some people, someone asks you, "Oh, are you anti-Semitic?" and your response isn't, "No, I'm not anti-Semitic," but said me, he said, "I'm not anti-Semitic because I know where I came from." It's like, well, ah, I can't help you there. And the right. one thing that I always throw throws me off when people are like, after he acted a fool and the the Nets punished him by making him go around and talk to, um, you know, Jewish leaders and try to get. Um, try to get his mind on right, and people online were like, "Oh, they're going too far. They're, that's too much. They're trying to break him." And I'm like, "You may think that's too far, but there's there's always been one tiny little detail that I that I read in the the ESPN um, description of of the timeline that always makes me think, "Oh, they're doing the, they're fine." It's when everything went down. The owner of the Nets, uh, what's his name, Joe Sy. He was trying to get in contact with Kyrie Irving and could not reach him for five days. Right. Now, I want you, whoever's listening to this, think about you cause a kerfuffle at your job. And it's so big that the person trying to contact you is not your boss. It's not your boss. Boss's boss. It's the CEO of the whole damn company. And you blow them off for five days. Now, would you have that job after five days? Nine times out of ten, no. Yeah, us normal people, we would not have that job. So I was like, yeah, that's they they were punishing him so severely. He acted an ass against the Jewish community for one, but also two, he embarrassed his boss by sending him to a voicemail. <laughs> like I don't understand how people don't understand. Like I, I just don't. Like he just he got everything he deserved. He acted fool, and the Nets showed him. Oh, okay, we'll show you what act the fool really looks like. Mm-hmm. So he comes back. He's quiet for a couple of weeks because, and honestly, he wants to lay low so he can get that contract that he wants, which apparently was like four years, two hundred million dollars. Wants a max deal, which yeah. is unbelievable to think someone is going to give him a max deal. That. I don't see who's going to give him a max deal. Like who, why would you trust him with that, that much money and that many years? Look how many teams. I mean, that's what everybody's saying. Look how many teams went after him to trade for him, you know? So if, if you're willing to, you know, break the bank with draft picks and, and with, you know, draft capital and with, you know, uh, any combination of players, then you're just one step away from committing all that money to him. I mean, you know, oh, I'm the that opposite. many teams are interested 
you know, in, in parting with so much to get him that eventually there is going to be someone that's going to be willing to take that next step and just give him the money. Oh, I disagree. I think you make this deal for the rest of the season because you know he's going to be in the best behavior trying to prove that he deserves that contract. Right. And if you're someone like the Dallas Mavericks, it's like, who else are you going to get to come and team with Luka? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting fit, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't know how they fit. They're both two ball-dominant players. Mm-hmm. So I don't like we're gonna see, you know, going to rest, rest of the season. We'll see how they handle it, but I don't know if it's a good if it's a good fit basketball wise. You only have one ball and they're right. both two guys who need it in their hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Like how long it's, work, until it's, Luka... it's only it's only worked out so far because Luca hasn't played. Yeah. Because they probably would have lost that game against the Clippers had Kyrie not been on the team. Mm-hmm. With the way the team is construct that team is constructed. They probably would have lost that game, but because Lucas wasn't Luca wasn't in the game, he you know he was out for uh, whatever. But um, the fact that they had someone basically to take his spot, you know, to to be that ball, you know, ball handler, to be that you know shoot first guy, mm-hmm. worked. It's it worked out at least for one night. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see how it ends up, you know, for the Mavericks for the rest of the season. I'm just like, I still think the Mavericks are a top six team in the West. Like, they'll probably finish around fifth or sixth, but it's not like I, I expect. I don't think this is the thing that gets them over the hump and gets them to compete with teams like uh, Denver or um, who else? Sorry, I look at this. Like Denver, Memphis, Memphis, like teams like that. I don't think it gets them up to that level yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first silo of the trade deadline. The biggest happened Thursday morning. I and <laughs> real quick to segue to help segue. I don't think that that deal helps them compete with Phoenix either. You mentioned Denver. You mentioned Memphis. Phoenix as well, because what happened on Thursday? A week later. Yeah, Thursday morning, I wake up and I see on my phone ESPN notification that Kevin Durant has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. And I, I, I like this trade for both teams because if you're Phoenix, you need to do something. Your season is just it's not going the way that you expe- expect it. Like, ever since they made that finals a couple years ago, every, their team's gone backwards over and over again. Mm-hmm. And for the Nets, it's like once you lose Kyrie a year after losing Harden, it's like what else do you have left? Like you can't, you're not going to win a championship with just with Kevin Durant, right? So you do what you can. You try to get the most value out of him, and also like <laughs> pity the Nets, they can't tank either. See, this is, I mean, and this is part of the reason why I want to talk about all these deals because. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. What is what is happening? What has happened? What is potentially could happen? Mm-hmm. All of these picks that you know that the Nets are getting back. One of them is going to go to the Rockets at some point, at least. Oh no, no, none of these picks. All of the picks well, that are in the trade are, are the Nets picks. Well, no, but in, in the sense that the Nets are not going to be very good 
it clearly like going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're in a position where they're still competing uh, for that number four spot, but that was before they lost Kyrie, before they lost KD. How long they can hold that spot? How long you know can they play well as constructed remains to be seen. But let's say next year it all goes to hell. You know, uh, sure they they keep that that pick those picks that they got from. Phoenix and from Dallas, but they probably would have positioned themselves to get a high draft pick that probably now goes to the Rockets. Like, yeah, for their like their own draft pick, just based on their own record. And now that goes to Houston, probably at some point. That's because the way that trading picks works in the NBA, you can't trade um, your number one pick in back to back years. Mm-hmm. So what and the Harden deal, what the Nets did, they they traded the 2024 and 2026 draft picks to Houston. Those will be Houston no matter what happens. So the 2023, 25, and 27 drafts pick swaps. Whoever, whatever Houston wants it, it uh, between Houston's pick and the uh, Brooklyn pick, they get this. They have a right to swap. Mm-hmm. So, literally, Brooklyn cannot tank for the next yeah. five. Well, well, they're definitely not going to be worse than the Rockets this year. But for yeah. the next four seasons, they cannot tank. They have to basically do a rebuild. And we've seen teams like over over the years, like you get in that murky situation where you're somewhere between the A seed and the thirteen seed, like. You're going. You're just spinning your tires in the mud. Like you can't tank to get a great player. You can't win. You can't, you know, win because you don't have a great player. And also, no. After this debacle that we've seen with the Nets, I don't see how they get any free agents to come there for a while. Like all these players talk to each other. All these players love Kyrie. I don't think there's a player in the NBA that gets more love and dap after the games than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> So players see this and they see how Joe Sides treat them, even though right or wrong, they're still it's still gonna be in the back of their minds like you did my boy like this. Why would I give you a chance? Right. You know? oh. But yeah. uh going back to Phoenix, like this is a great trade for Phoenix. I don't understand how Phoenix was able to keep um their center Antoine. Um DeAndre mm-hmm. Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, Aiden. I'm sorry, Aiden. I was like I love this trade because automatically Phoenix has a a, a, a a massive big four with Paul Booker, Aiden, who, you know, had a really good night the other night, I believe, before the trade, and now KD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I love this trade, not even for basketball reasons, but my favorite part of this trade is that they just got a new owner. Like the ink hadn't even dried on, on this guy taking over the, the club, and he's like, you know what? I don't care. Like I'm, I'm going in headfirst immediately. I don't care what it takes. I'm all in immediately, and there's just something refreshing about that. He's like, who cares about draft picks? I got money. I'll I'll go buy some, you know, or I'll go sign someone for a max deal, you know in the next two years or three years after, after Katie's contract expires, you know, 
because he'll be a free agent in three years. So the new owner of the Phoenix Suns named Matt Ashiba, you know, he has like this long standing rivalry with, um, what's his name? Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Does he? <laughs> yeah. Apparently this goes back to like their actual real companies. You know, they, they work in finance and mortgaging and basically they have been hating on each other for years. In fact, <laughs> when the vote came up for, um, Ashiba's ownership of the Suns. Every team voted yes, except for the Cavs. <laughs> you got to be kidding me! I am not kidding you. These that's dudes, amazing. These dudes hate each other with a passion. And and even though you know it's still passed, you know Dan Gilbert probably you know at the first meeting he's going to say, "What took you so long?" You know, mm-hmm. I've been I've owned the Cavaliers for fifteen years now, or however long it's been. That's yeah. hilarious, though. Yeah. Long-term rivalry between business. Because there was a... Um, uh, which Dan Gilbert owns... Um, Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage. And they, like, released... Um, they, you know, had layoffs. And then Matt Ishiba made a, like, Facebook post. was like, how can they be making layoffs when they made so much money this year? You know, my company, we're family first. This will never happen to over here. You know, we treat our employees right. Meanwhile, like I think all those people got fired like right before the holidays. And like, there's like, there's like a thousand pe- people now looking for jobs and having to scramble. Uh, how can you do this? And it's like, oh wow, y'all, ooh, rich people fighting. It's a rich money <laughs> fight. Yeah. Uh, but back to Phoenix, like. I have the same question about things that I have with Dallas. It's like there are a lot of superstars, but still, there's only one ball. You have Devin Booker. You had um, you have uh, CP3, who still, no matter what, he's the captain of the ship. It doesn't matter yeah. how declined his stats are. And then, like the eight Aiden, and now you're bringing in Kevin Durant. I mean, at this point in in CP3's career, the stats are on decline. He's getting older. Yeah, and the problem is, like, who's playing defense on that team? Nobody. You you just have to outscore everybody. You know, that's basically what you're looking at. Because Chris Um, Paul doesn't have legs anymore. Durant, ever since he came back from his Achilles, he doesn't have defensive chops anymore. And who – I mean, it's going to be like old ABA games watching the Phoenix Suns. They're going to score 160 and give up 157. (laughs) Absolutely. But the good thing about about – Chris Paul is that he's still he doesn't need to be anything but the facilitator these mm-hmm. days. And if he really wants to win a title, he'll he'll recognize that and he'll have no problem if the if the scoring average drops even further than where it's already at, but the assists go up um and the win totals go up uh, and the seeding in the conference goes up, I think he'll be okay with that. So that's one guy you don't really have to worry about, you know, if, if he, you know, it's not going to need, and he doesn't need to be the top scorer anymore. And then you got a guy like Booker. Yeah. I mean, he's the future. He's like the present and the future. Like he's so good already that he should be good for a, a lot longer. You know, he's got a long time to still be good. And so you don't really want to stunt that develop that continued development. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have a chance to to win a title this year, 
I think, you know, we're there's only what 30 games left. You know, if he has to take a step back as well, you know, to make sure everybody gets plenty of touches, then that's okay. You know, it's not like they're starting the season and he's having to take this big step back. He's already done enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And Aiden, um, look, it's just it's not a big man's game as much anymore. It's more of a perimeter game. Um, just be re- be ready to get you know any rare misses you know any rare miss shots and get that offensive rebound and just you know drive it in you know stuff it back in. Okay, so he's a big guy. Just... Like Real he's one of the game. rare big guys, you know, except mm-hmm. for Nikola or Jokic. Mm-hmm. He's probably bigger than him, stronger than him. You know. All right, bully your way. Come on, we're gonna play a game. Hold on. The Phoenix Suns are currently six in the Western Conference. So tell me, I'm gonna just give you the five teams in front of them. Tell me who like Phoenix's uh, chances at a title better than, than this team. Okay, so Phoenix Suns okay. or LA Clippers. Suns. Yeah, I agree. You can't trust the Clippers. Clippers got can't the trust Clippers. Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, uh, even. If you could, that Clippers curse is still real, man. You can't believe in the Clippers until you see them win the championship. Right. Um, Suns versus number four team in the West, Dallas Mavericks. I gotta go with Suns. I mean, look, Luca is incredible, and having uh, Kyrie next to him is going to be interesting. Um, but there's not a lot else after those two guys. The more I think about it, the more I like Phoenix and Dallas have the same problems. It's like the one ball for, for guys and who's playing defense. That's the issues. But mm-hmm. Phoenix's offensive in, um, output far exceeds what the Dallas Mavericks can do. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Um, let's see. Phoenix versus number three, Santa, uh, Sacramento Kings, who are third in the Western Conference. They're third in the Western Conference? Currently 31 and 23. Like the beam, baby. Yes. Did not know that. <laughs> Don't get me started on San- Sacramento, by the way, because that game the other night against the Rockets. Oh, with the phantom foul call. I, I, dude, and God bless him, but still, I feel like they also said, you know what, Eric Gordon, you're out of here. We're trading you. <laughs> like they were trying to trade him for the longest. Oh, like, we'll get, oh yeah, we'll get but to I, that I just, a little bit later. I'd like to think it helps just facilitate his exit, but yeah. Oh, that was just a disgusting call. That game was so good and so hard fought. That uh, just typical bad refer- refereeing. Um, and that's a tough one because a young team like that that's doing that's exceeding expectations and is shocking the world essentially by being the third ranked team. Uh man. Still in a seven-game series, I, I think I like Durant's chances. And I'll go Phoenix. All right. I think I might agree with you there, but that's where it's, it's starting to get dicey. Uh, mm-hmm. Phoenix Sun versus number two in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh. I think I think this is I think this is where I get off the the, the Phoenix, Phoenix bandwagon. Yeah. You also have to Memphis make- hasn't been playing well lately. Um they're getting in fights with Shannon Sharp on the sidelines. 
John Morant boy maybe thugs. <laughs> right. They had those choppers. Did you hear that story? Yeah, I did. Yeah, apparently like John Morant's boys got in like an argument with uh who was the Indiana Pacers and the Pacers uh, players were saying that there was like an SUV and they saw a la- uh, like a laser sight come out of it. And it's like jaw. I don't know if it's true or not, but you need to um you know, watch your friends. Because uh, it's getting, you made it. You don't need to be doing this thug shit no more. Here's how crazy this story is. That shit didn't even happen in the 90s when Latrell Sprewell was out choking coaches and things like that, you know? That's great. I, when, I, you know, uh, people, you know, were, were scared of, of uh, the, the baggy clothes on the sidelines and all that kind of stuff, you know? That didn't even happen in the 90s. They never took it that far. Uh, you only be out here gang banging at their NBA game, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, leave that. You gotta leave them. You know, sometimes you when you get older, like you have to leave your friends behind. Even sure. like even even if they'll bitch and complain and talk about you change or anything, it's like yeah. Yeah, change. You should all change. If you're doing the same <laughs> ratchet shit in your late twenties that you were doing in your teens, you kind of fucked up at life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to the game. That's where you're getting off the bandwagon. So you're picking the Grizzlies. I think just because Ja is, is on the is he's on the ascent, you know. It's um, it it feels like it's like. We're as close to it being his time as as I think we've been in a, since he's been in the league. Like he's he's finally hitting that stride where mm-hmm. he's exciting and he's capable. He's showing that he's capable of leading a team uh, to um, to big you know to big things. Okay, hmm. I'm saying like if there was seven game series, I might pick the Suns because. I, you might just get if you get one crazy game from Booker and then two outstanding games from Durant, then sure. it could be over before you know it. And number one team in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. Oof, man, I think you still have to stick with Denver. Yo, is Jokic about to get that, a third MVP? I know I said it's not a big man's game anymore, but you know, Jokic is kind of actually proving me wrong already. Like. Literally five minutes after I just said that. Yeah, I'll just ask you, is he about to get a third straight MVP? I think he is. He's got the number one seed going again. Um averaging look at listen to these numbers as of Friday night. Twenty four point eight points, eleven point three rebounds, ten point one percent uh assists. He's giving you twenty five, eleven, and ten a night Jeez. as a center. It's ridiculous. Heck, he's giving you a triple a double. Like he's giving you ten assists a night from the center position. Like I I don't even know who comes close to that MVP wise. And yeah, he may not win it because the uh, the voters, you know, they might make their own narrative. That's why Carl Malone got an MVP in the mid nineties. Because Jackie <laughs> McMullen wrote a story about how well, how come Carmelo can't be MVP? And then they just ran with the narrative, and the mm-hmm. answer should have been because Michael fucking Jordan is playing right now. 
you don't even just say he's playing right now. That's just, just the name. Because Michael Jeffrey Jordan exists. That's why. That should be yeah. the Yeah, man. Man, if they finish number one, I don't if they finish with number one seed, I don't know how you can't give uh Nikolai Jokic the um MVP again. Yeah, it's third time in, in third time straight, but who else are you gonna give it to? Who else is playing better? I mean, really, who else is playing better to maybe Giannis because he, he's got his team high in the standings as well. Yeah, they're second in the East, uh, one game yeah. behind the Celtics as of this recording. Yeah, so mm-hmm. maybe Giannis. Um, uh, what's the dude on the Celtics? Tatum. Tatum on the Celtics. Maybe uh, Embiid on the 76ers, depending on how everybody finishes. But right now I'm saying Jokic's got to be in the lead. It's hard to argue it. And it's crazy to think he was a second round pick, number 41 overall. Maybe that's why all those second round picks got traded on Thursday. Oh. There was like multiple trades where it was like five second round picks when going around. So, oh. It's it's unreal, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um next thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Lakers. Uh, first off, congratulations, LeBron James, become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Um, incredible! I gotta career. say, I, I, I stayed up to watch the game. Uh, I, watched, I watched that game from start to finish. I watched a part of it. Um, I really hate the fact they kept putting the camera on Kareem, and they were like, and people online were talking about, "Oh, look at him! He's so, he's just a hater. He's so mad about LeBron James breaking his record." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, that's a 75 year old man out past seven o'clock on a weekday. He is trying to stay <laughs> awake." <laughs> I know when they told when they told him he needed to be in the game, he was like, "You tell me, I just can't rec- do a recording." Like Hank Aaron right. did with uh uh when Bonds Barry broke the Bonds. record. Yeah, I can't just do a recording. I gotta be at the game at night. She <laughs> he's 75 and seven foot one. There's no way he was comfortable on the like he's tired, he's uncomfortable, he just wants to go home. That's not a face of a hater, that's a face of a very old man having to do shit he doesn't want to do. Right. <laughs> And who was that lady sitting next to him? Was that his publicist? I think I, I have heard. no, I have no idea. She looked annoying. <laughs> like I'd be annoyed too, sitting next to her. She looked like she just wouldn't stop chewing his ear off. Uh, I'm like, man, I, I'm 36 year old, and I start yawning at 8:30. I can't imagine what's it <laughs> like to be. Uh, not just old, but old and rich, and being told what to do, and being out late at night. Right. But but yeah, congratulations to LeBron James, one of the best players of all time, the goal of this generation, either one or two, depending on how you feel about Michael Jordan. Um just amazing for him. But let's we forget that the Lakers lost that game. <laughs> Do you mind I have a couple more thoughts? Um can we go can we revisit it after the trade stuff? If you'd like. About the Lakers? Yeah, about yeah, and LeBron scoring. Oh, you scoring. No, go ahead. You can take it right now. It was bittersweet watching it because, you know, 
you know, just it's weird, you know, seeing it because you're not you, you're not expecting these records to be broken anymore. It's weird when they they do get broken. Um, it's you know, it's like man, you grow up thinking that that'll there's no way that'll ever be broken. Um, and then yeah, you, you see Kareem who, in in his defense, according to you, he's just an old guy that doesn't want to be there. Hmm. But you know, there's, there's see, there's, it's seven, it's seven twenty four, and I'm already yawning. All right, right. I, I know the fight on Kareem. I know the struggle. <laughs> there's a there's you know there's still a sense of, of pride and uh, ownership that that these players these legends have to these records, you know, uh, and you know it's it's. Ultimately, it's always going to be someone else's time, and that's fine. You know, that's that's just how life works. But you know, there's still a uh, a sentimentality behind seeing a you know your record being broken. You know, you you don't want to come across as bitter, um, but you know, you also you you still want to maintain that you know ownership behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's it's astounding because for as great as LeBron is. And I still have him behind Jordan. I just, you know, maybe it's just because of the era that I grew up in and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I still have him behind Jordan overall. Undefeated. Well, not, you know, he wasn't undefeated. But six titles, all that stuff. Um, A guy who really, truly was never a score-first guy. We just assume, we all kind of just... With, we were so enamored by the the athleticism and the dunking and and just the total package that he brought to the game right away at age eighteen. And I, I always remember people comparing him to Jordan. And I remember after his first year, I was like, "No, he's not the next Jordan. He's the he's an evolution of Magic Johnson." A thousand percent. What if a Magic Johnson can do all the things he could do? Was more athletic and could play defense. <laughs> that. You put that all in a pot, shake it up, and you get LeBron James. You still, I still see magic in his game today, mm. twenty years later, and as a guy, yeah, who really wasn't all about scoring, finds a way to become the all-time scoring leader. And whether it's because he was on teams that needed him to be the scorer, or he was on teams, you know, stacked teams that just didn't live up to it, and you know. Yeah, he's, again, he had to be the the, the guy. Um, you know, it's 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 still amazing, and to do it in in as fast as he did it in twenty years, before the age of forty, is is amazing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when you think about how healthy you have to be to play twenty years in the NBA, and he's still playing right. at a high level, still playing at a high level, and he's still been hurt, like. You know, he he missed, like, what, the last 20 games a, a couple of seasons ago, like, with an injury? What was that, Maybe 20, 10 games, something like that? That was but, either 2021, I think that was, or that was 2019. Maybe that was his first year he got to, well, like. But he's never been injury-free, you know, the, the, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, he's he's always had issues, you know, throughout his career. Um, especially as he's especially as he's gotten older, it's just it's an astounding thing to 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 watch. And when I uh, got the reminder that the game was on Tuesday night, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and watch this game. Like, 
I'm very interested in, and you know, it's probably going to happen tonight. And that's kind of, that's a pretty cool thing to, to watch. Yeah, great. And then uh, for me real quickly, if, if, you know, I don't know how much longer you want to spend on this, but oh, it also I'm, got me, I'm, I'm giving you the floor. You're, you're, it also uh, got me thinking. Chris Paul right now. It's all you. <laughs> it also got me thinking, are there still records that will never be broken? And I think there are mostly in baseball, but um, it's still fun to think about those records too. Like no one's ever going to pass Nolan Ryan strikeouts. Would you agree? I agree. Ricky Henderson stolen bases. Cy Young wins. <laughs> Cy Young has like what? 512 wins. Back when they were pitch five eleven, back when they were pitching every other day, right? And yeah, I mean, I guess it, you know, I guess maybe I'm just getting ready for baseball, but it got me thinking about all those records, the baseball records that will probably never be broken. Cal Ripken's record is that the most? If you had to rank the most likely to never be broken, is Cal Ripken's games played the most likely? Oh, let me find because there are some NBA records that I might put above above that. But um, as far as baseball, yeah, NBA career records. Let me Google this right here. There's just so many, so many other you know feats that I was just like, man, I don't, I don't think this is gonna ever be broken. Oh. Uh. The assist record in the NBA is never going to get broken. <laughs> Let's see. The closest active player right now is Chris Paul. He has over 11,000 steals. John Stockton, he had over 15,000 uh, 15, assists. assists. Yeah. In fact, John Stockton assist total, 15,806. Second place, Jason Kidd, 12,091. Mm-hmm. Like, you think of how long Jason Kidd played, and he still ended up, what's that, 3,800 3, behind John Stockton? Right. That's because John Stockton never missed a game. That dude played 82 every year. They all like, did back then. <laughs> There was no low management. Not uh, at all. Think, I think that's the one that's never going to be touched in the NBA. But there are some other ones like three points attempted, like Steph Curry has the record 7,723. You know, as the game keeps evolving, I can see someone passing that one. Um, going through right now. One Man, other I thing, don't... I don't see blocks. Hakeem has the record 3,830. Second place is um, Mutombo. Yeah, 3,289. Think how long Mutombo played and for every team, and he still ended up like 550 blocks behind Olajuwon. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And the only person that's uh, active in the top 25 is Serge Ibaka, 1759. And he, you know... He's not going to be around, you know. He's got a few more years, but not enough to maybe even crack 2,000. Also, the rebounds. Are you looking at the rebounds? 
I really am looking at the rebounds. Uh, the jump from Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is crazy. Wilt Chamberlain over 23,000, Bill Russell over 21,000, and then Kareem comes in at three at over 17,000. Like, there's a 4,000 uh, different rebound difference between two and three. Like, that one's never getting touched. No, no. So, rebounds, like, blocks. You think about it, like, back in those days with Wilt, I mean, he was probably the, the absolute biggest guy on court. Like, the only and, person that could hold Wilt was Russell. That's it. Yeah. And nowadays, I mean, everybody's seven feet tall, it seems like, in basketball. Which is crazy because it seems like people are tall now, but they're not getting the blocks and rebounds like they did before. Well, because everybody's the same size. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so there's something. Steals. John Stockton, uh, 3,265. Second place, Jason Kidd, 26. Oh, a little bit over 26,000. Um, I'm sorry, 2,600. Yeah, some, some of these records, like, the secondary records that they're not like the points records, they're never getting touched. Yeah, that's that's true. And then points, I don't think points will be touched. I think when when LeBron finally retires, whatever he's stopped at, that's it, man. Yeah, I saw someone tweet out the other day, like, you think about how great Luca has been in his career. At this point in LeBron's career, he was 5,000 points ahead of where Luka is right now. I mean, it's all said and done, LeBron could easily have 43,000 points. Yeah, especially if he keeps playing long enough to play with his son. Right. Like, he only needs what? Doing some math over here. What's that? Um, 1,600. Points for 40,000. 40, yeah, 1610. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's very doable, even if he slips, you know, five, ten percent. And his. It's crazy because how many times do we hear about the kid coming out of high school who's going to be the wonder kid and the next big thing, and he actually does it? Ben Simmons was on that list. Well, no, he was he was he out of college? Yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons went to LSU, but they were talking about it before he started LSU, like while he was in high school. Yeah, just think um, about every person listening. Is, you know who that the best athlete in your high school was, mm-hmm. and that person is probably working at a Ford dealership right now. Right. Like this guy from the first time he popped up on the screen back in two thousand three when he he was in high school playing on ESPN. He was the chosen one. He mm-hmm. was going to be the man. And to look where we are twenty years later, he fulfilled that. Number one Andrew in points. Wiggins. Hmm? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'll say he's number one in points, number four in assists, number nine in steals, all time records. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, we don't appreci- appreciate his career enough. Yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right. 
I think Andrew Wiggins was the next big thing that, you know, he was on the cover of, of magazines when he was in high school. And look at him now. I realize he went to Kansas for one year, but. You might be changing your tires. You don't know. <laughs> he's 27 years old. I mean, he's doing fine. I mean, he's making $31 million a year <laughs> this year, but. Uh, oh, yeah. Wiggins, I'm sorry. Wiggins is playing for who now? Uh, Golden State. Okay. No, no, he turned it around. My bad. He turned around. He he became a decent player with Golden State the last two years. That's a big... I was thinking I was thinking of um another player, not Wiggins. Ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Did great. <sighs> Sorry. Great job by him. Uh, was that all you had to say of the Lakers? Yeah. I feel like we need to wash our mouths out with soap. We were praising a Lakers player for that long. Right. Um. So, but, but going back to what I said before we got into LeBron's field, like he broke the scoring record, but they still lost that game to the, um, the Thunder. That's the best possible outcome for Oklahoma City that night. Because mm-hmm. you you had to figure, you know, it was going to happen. You were going to give it up that night. But to get the win, it, it was huge. And, man, I didn't realize how good that – or not good, but, like, um, how uh, – Do you sit that way? I before? <laughs> I didn't realize Oklahoma City uh, was was that um, that emerging with that squad. Oh yeah, they're twenty six and twenty eight. They can actually see Mount five hundred. Lakers yeah. are twenty five and thirty one. The Lakers, for all the hubbub they got coming into the season, the Lakers are closer to the Rockets in standings than they are to the Nuggets. Correct. Yeah, like currently the Lakers are thirteen games behind the Nuggets. And they're 11 and a half games in front of the Rockets. And then they decided, well, the Russell Westbrook experience has been a bust. It never made any sense to me. And I said that when they traded for him, I was I was one of the people talking about they should go after Buddy Heald, get you a three-point shooter, because that's what you need around LeBron. You need people who can shoot. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is not a th- good three-point shooter. I think for, her, for his career, he's like a 30% three-point shooter. Yeah. So, all and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook also has that issue that Allen Iverson did. It's like when the athleticism is there, it's great. But when it starts slipping and it starts slipping slowly, you know, 5%, 10% year by year, once it's gone, it's gone. And you can tell he just doesn't have that, that lift that he had before. He tried. He tried his damnedest on Tuesday night mm-hmm. to get them back in that game, but but in the end, you know, it just wasn't enough. But uh, before Russell's like, you could ignore his shooting percentages because he did so many other things right. in the game, and now it's like, okay, well, you can't do that. And is it because you're losing your ability, or because the team around you? Who knows? But we can't have we can't have you trying to figure it out here. Right. It, 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 I mean, it was very evident last year when 
that shot was gone. He just didn't have a shot at all. Yeah, and we saw it in the bubble uh, series where teams were just leaving him open to shoot. Mm-hmm. And it's been that way for two, three years now. But Lakers, uh, Dibble Russell, uh, way to the Jazz, there's a three-team uh, deal between the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Jazz. And Lakers got back <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, a.k.a. the Snitch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, you forgot about that. I did forget about that. Did you also forget about Russell Wilson getting it into getting into it with a fan uh, when he played against the Jazz a couple years ago? Um, no, I I do remember that. Yeah, so like that's the worst place he like. I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even show up. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's right. Okay, I yeah. Now I I do okay. Yeah. I remember the whole thing now. That was a bad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're saying he probably won't even suit up. He'll yeah, probably get. I think he gets bought out for sure. Where he goes, only no one knows. <laughs> and like for the Lakers, I think this trade makes them better. But I think I've seen too many Lakers fans are like, oh, this is what we need. It's like, okay, you're better, but this doesn't make you like a championship contender. It barely makes you a playoff contender. But I, li- I like the deal because as much as I do like Russ, you know, uh, when you trade for D'Angelo Russell, you're instantly getting younger. And look, that's something that the Lakers also have to worry about as well. Like, sure, they're, they're in a position to win. Like, or not in a position. They, they want to be in a position to win now, mm-hmm. obviously, because your time with LeBron, your time with AD – is limited. But at the same time, you know, if you can look to the future as well with a with an emerging player, with a guy who has, uh, is better than he once was, then, yeah, I think I think the trade makes a lot of sense. And it fits all those other, it, you know, or it helps you, uh, you know, check off all those other boxes that, that Russ couldn't provide you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Joel Hartley. I think he's yeah he's shooting thirty nine percent from three this year. That's exactly what LeBron ne- needs around him. Mm-hmm. And like I, said, I think the Lakers team is much better. I still think this is a team that's going to be scrapping to get into the play the play in because sure. right now the play in in the West is uh, seven is the Pelicans, eight Timberwolves, nine Warriors, ten Blazers. And then they lost back to back. They've, they, you know, they're they're digging themselves a further hole. Mm-hmm. They lost Thursday night against the Bucks two nights after losing to to Oklahoma City. So you know they're they're not doing themselves any favors. Um, yeah, and I understand the Lakers to have to climb over three teams just to get into the ten spot. They still yeah. they're still looking up at the Thunder, the Jazz, and like I said, the Blazers are tenth. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible because all these teams are so are bunched together so closely. Like it's possible, like you could slide from third to tenth if you have a bad week. So it's, it's possible that it can happen. But 
man, that's just it's an uphill climb for Lakers. Like first, you just got to get to five hundred, and then you you got to see what you can do to to get past these other teams. All the while, you're having to deal with a hundred and five year old LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who any body part could fall off at any time. It's like a <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. Anything could just fall off any time. <laughs> it really is. I was thinking the Tin Man, but <laughs> Mr. Potato. <laughs> oh my God! And then the damn. He's doesn't Mr. Potato Head also have the eyebrows going? Yes. Yeah, that's that's him. And also, like, did you see like when LeBron was going for his uh for the record, like all the Lakers players were standing up and watching him except for Anthony Davis? I saw it the next day, that's for sure. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. This does not look good. No. He's like, and his excuse was he wasn't aware that um that LeBron was going for the record. He he didn't know that he was breaking. I'm like Everybody in the fucking arena was standing. Right. <laughs> like, how did you not know? And there was uh, some former p- players that were sticking up for him, saying he was exhausted from dealing with Russ, you know, after the, the altercation at halftime with, uh, with their head coach. An, alter- an altercation got him tired. You see why you can't trust him? Arguing right. got this man <laughs> slumped. You want me to believe that he's he can lead you through the playoffs? He was supposed to be the next big thing. Boy, one day we're going to have to go back and look at what happened in that bubble because he has never shot like he shot that um, the last six, seven games of the year. Like, you go look he- at his career numbers, you go look at 2020, you will see an outlier. Man, he should have stayed in in uh, New Orleans. Uh, um, I don't know. He got he got a ring, and he's where he wants to be. So congratulations! But I yeah. guarantee you those the expectations are a lot higher in L.A. than they were in New Orleans. Oh yeah, but the Lakers remind me of the Yankees. Like they remember all their past victories and their championships and things like that. But now it's like you guys are just another team now. Mm-hmm. There's no mystique. The mystique is gone. Like, yeah, you'd be able to get players and bring them in. Like the Lakers got LeBron James, the Yankees went out and they got um uh, what's that? Carlos uh Rodon. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that anybody else is bowing down to you. And like I think the players recognize that. And the front offices of both the Yankees and the Lakers recognize it. The fans, however, do not. They still you know, want watching, that mystique, and it ain't there no more, baby. I was watching the game, the Bucks game on Thursday night, and the commentators were mentioned. They, you know, they they noted how uh, Darvin Ham, uh, like, had a coachable moment with like one of his rookies mm-hmm. that they drafted, and they were like, "This is not." a team that drafts very well and they don't or they rarely draft at all because they're always giving up picks they're always you know acquiring stars and things like that yeah and it's uh they're kind of in the same boat sort of as as you mentioned earlier Brooklyn 
where they can't tank either because they've given away so many picks and it's LA. Like you can't, you can't be, you know, especially when you have LeBron on your, your team, like there's no way you can aim for uh, a number one pick, a top five pick even, you know, you have to always aim for the top seed. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're they still old picks to New Orleans for the Davis deal. Right. And we're seeing this year that that's just, you know, that's not attainable. Mm-hmm. And the way that all these other teams have gotten better and how these new stars are emerging, number one is, you know, the number one seed is going to be out of the out of reach for a while. Even with LeBron. I agree. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the um, all Lakers past drives. I'm trying to see how many, like they, they've they've out. Yeah, well, how many? They've had some good draft selections, but nothing like superstars. Like the last couple of years, they got uh, let's go. Let's see, uh, Lonzo Ball, who's no longer on the team. Uh, Brandon mm. Ingram, no longer on the team. Uh, D'Angelo Russell back on the team. Yep. Larry Nance, who's played for five teams. <laughs> Julius Randle, who's playing for uh, the Knicks. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking like, when's the last time you guys had a superstar that y'all actually kept? Going back to they drafted Pat Beverly. I think you misinterpret what the word superstar means. He's, but he's been serviceable. S- serviceable ain't superstar. <laughs> but yeah, like that's the one thing that confused me when they were talking about we don't want to trade the 27 and the 29. Uh, draft picks. I'm like, well, why not? Y'all are supposed to be in to win it. Y'all, y'all, if y'all don't get the guys y'all can draft, you know what you guys do? You go out there and, and sign people. Mm-hmm. You don't draft, you sign, you rebuild. You, y'all don't um, uh, tank like other franchises do. Oh, and I was just thinking. Hmm? Kobe Bryant was not drafted by them. Is that nope. correct? He was drafted by the Hornets. Who traded him? For I believe it was Divac. Uh Divac, I believe, was the part was in that uh Bryant trade. So they can't even they can't even uh uh hang their hats on that. Mm-mm. It's like congratulations, you saw Kobe and you know and you knew what it was. But I don't think they had a yeah. Their pick was the 24 pick and they picked. Guess who the uh Lakers picked? What year? Um this is what year is it? The Kobe draft, the Allen Iverson, 96. 96. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm looking at the Different 
years. <laughs> Derek Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> they got good yeah, good pick. Good pick with Fisher. Good great trade for Chloe Bryant. They got their backcourt that year. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um again, I feel icky. We're praising the Lakers. We need to stop this. Let's get off of this. Yeah. <laughs> Do I think they're better than they were? Yes. Do I think this is a championship contending team? No. No, not as constructive for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other NBA? Oh, we didn't even talk about the Rockets. Sorry. Uh, the Rockets finally got um, Eric Gordon to help out of here. Right. Uh, let me see if I find what the trade was. They got John Wall in return, who they're probably going to release. Hmm. Yeah, he's about to get bought out by the same team two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And Danny Green. Who was probably also going to get? Yeah. Look, so, I don't mind these moves for mm-hmm. the Rockets. You know, if you can get a pick or two or a, a, a draft swap, whatever you, you know, whatever it is, um, I'm I'm intrigued by this this young core. I watched that game on uh, Wednesday night. That game they should have won against Sacramento, against the number three seed Sacramento. Stayed in the game all night with them. Had the lead at halftime. Made some just sloppy plays, you know, mm-hmm. in the second half. That ultimately, you know, let Sacramento get back into it. But it's, just, it's an interesting young core still. And they're only going to get better. Their picks are only going to get better. While hopefully the core that they have is getting better. So that's kind of a scary thought in a good way. I was looking at this team like uh, they need some more adults and they're going to need a new a new coach. I don't think uh, Silas is long for this team. In fact, I, I can dare near guarantee it's going to be his last year in Houston. Man, that would be crazy. I think this is, you know, this is the opportunity to let a young coach grow with a young team. There's no. The problem is what growth is there going on in this team? Like, how are they better than than what was out there last year. But I can't point to anything to say, oh, they're growing, they're becoming better. You can see the progress. It feels like it's the same shit that was going on last year. I think they're staying, I think they're being more competitive in games. I think they're staying, you know, look, this is not a defensive-minded league anymore. So the idea that a team gives up 130 points, you know, it's not the craziest thing in the world. Um yeah, but the I'll, fact that they scored 127, that's, you know, they're not getting blown out as much. They still are. Don't get me wrong. They almost but, gave up 300 points in two games. Right. <laughs> All right. Like, there's a difference between it's not a defensive league anymore and these motherfuckers aren't trying at all on defense. <laughs> right. And they fall into the second category more than the first. Fair. Fair enough. But I feel like they're being more competitive. And, and I've only seen a handful of games. Like, I'm, I've seen... I feel like my interest is growing again where I'm watching if I saw maybe four games last season, I've probably seen five games this season or something like that. You know, some sort of ratio. I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. There is a, a bit of naivete on my part, but um, I don't know. You just, you, 
you like to think that with the draft capital that they've that they're accumulating, um, and just the excitement. I mean, there is an energy with these young guys. I don't know. There's just something about them that maybe I've seen too many uh, slam dunk highlights <laughs> or something like that. I, yeah, I feel like you're getting the Jalen Green highlights and right. not the rest of the game. Like you say, it's a young team. They're making a bunch of mistakes, but I feel like they're they sh- the mistakes should be it should be limiting their mistakes the longer they go into the season. Like you should sure. be making the same boneheaded moves in game fifty that you were making in game two, or the same uh, mistakes that you were making in year one. You shouldn't be making them in year two. Right, and it feels like they're it's it's just spinning their wheels in place. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so I, I mean, just had that rant the other time talking about defense, and these guys aren't doing enough, and they need to be better on defense. And all I can think about is, you're the coach. <laughs> right. Like, if these guys aren't in a position to do what they need to do, that is a failure of coaching. Record wise, I, I I agree. It does seem like they are kind of spinning their wheels or kind of stagnating. Um. I don't know. I I should probably yeah, I don't know. I should read between the lines a little more, I think. But um I don't know. I I, I like the, you know. I feel like you need a veteran if you're really going to compete for a, a a playoff spot like right away. And they're not going to. It's still going to be a while. So Get younger if you can. Get more picks or whatever. Collect all these picks to maybe, yeah, trade for a, a you know, a good young veteran sort. Of, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, young veteran is an oxymoron. But <laughs> um, the good yeah. thing is they'll they have a lot of cap um, cap space next year. They'll have like sixty million dollars in cap room. They after, do, and that makes yeah. it very tempting and very easy to go after a James Harden, which I don't think they need at this point. I keep seeing that rumor. I'm like, okay, y'all have fun with that. <laughs> what is James Harden going to bring to this team except uh, the knowledge of the best strip clubs in Houston? <laughs> Which is what the last thing a young team needs. Yeah. If they figure it out on their own, fine. You can't stop a young man from exploring, exploring the world the, on, his, Houston, on his free time. The Houston nightlife. <laughs> right. <laughs> but don't bring... We'll bring an OG, <laughs> you know. Don't bring in an OG that might even need to update his own, you know, uh, map. Oh, please. I guarantee he knows where they all are every time he comes back to Houston. Yeah, still. <laughs> we'll see. I, there are just things about this team that, annoy the hell out of me. I'm like, why are you playing Kevin Porter Jr. so much? You drafted Ty Ty Washington to be a point guard and now you sent him down to Rio. Uh was it Rio Valley? You're not even playing him. Um Sengun is like you just finally started to play the ball um um started to give him like real um plays and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like playing time. Just, it it just feels like there is no coaching. It, it reminds me of like the the uh, D'Antoni days where it was like James Harden dribbles for twenty five 
for not for like 18 seconds and then puts up an ill-advised three. It's like it's like it's just street ball out there. Do you guys have mm. any set plays? <laughs> it feels like that uh, that again to me. I, I'm like I I hope they like no offense. I'm sure Steven Silas is a good is a good dude. Mm. Um he was not expecting to have to coach a rebuilding team when he first got hired on uh, to be sure. the coach of the Rockets, but it, it's year three now, man. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen the improvement that I, that I want to see with guys like Jalen Green or um, what's his name, uh, Jabari Smith. So, what kind of coach should a team like this go after? I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I don't know. But they need to do something because all these bad habits that these guys are getting in their first couple of years in the league, mm-hmm. like eventually it comes a time where those bad habits are set in stone and you can't change them. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like I'm just speaking as a fan. I've watched a couple games, but it's been it's been depressing, man. Like I felt like when it's like when we were watching the Astros during the the bad years. Yeah. And like even through then you could look at the minor leagues and say, Oh, they have something there. You look at this team right now, it's like, well, like who's gonna be the superstar in a couple years? Like mm-hmm. you hope it's um Smith and you hope it's green, but I don't know. Uh, sorry about that. I had to get something to drink. I talk more on these podcasts than I do like any other time of the week. <laughs> Anything else NBA wise? No, I think that's it, man. I think it's um it's been a while since we've talked this much about basketball, but mm-hmm. felt good. Let's get back in it. All right, so let's move on to the big game on Sunday. We're talking about Super Bowl 57, and yes, it took us an embarrassingly long time to figure out what number Super Bowl this was. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You want to keep me as a fan? Change. Get rid of the damn Roman numerals. Just say the number, okay? I'm tired of, I'm tired of having to figure it out. Yeah, you see uh, WrestleMania got rid of the Roman numerals. Yeah. Like, just put the number out there. No one uses Roman numerals. The Romans don't. Especially the Romans. I don't know why we're still doing that. So the game this weekend is the Chiefs versus the Eagles. And we dabbed, um, talked about it a little bit earlier about how we're feeling about this NFL season. Um, man, I don't know. Where would you like to go with this? Well, I feel like our interest in this game is just a product of the state of the Texans, where it's like if you if you know your team isn't even going to be in the playoffs or you know make it interesting and and have a chance for the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like I'll watch the games, but I'm not going to follow it as closely. Like there, I didn't have a I didn't have a uh, an emotional investment going in. Mm-hmm. So now that we're at the finish line, I'm just like, okay, it's the last game of the season at this point. Yeah, I'm watching it because 
everyone else is watching. I'm not watching it because I'm excited to watch it. Right. And I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, I feel like we're going to be texting during the game and we're going to be talking more about the commercials than the game. <laughs> Could be. Or uh, about Rihanna's performance at halftime. I'll, I'll always tell you that I'll always bring it up that I, when I was like 13 or 14, mm-hmm. whatever year it was, maybe 15, I rarely got through the Super Bowl games. Like I would, for whatever reason, I would just be tired, whatever reason, I would fall asleep. And I remember I fell asleep during halftime of the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson performance. Oh. <laughs> and not only and only until the next day did I find out this massive controversy occurred. Because <laughs> there was no Twitter at the time. So it's all like you know, I had my I had a phone to like check it out immediately, you know. <laughs> I was just like, wait, I missed what? You got to school and everybody was talking about no titty don't scream. Right. <laughs> I mean a horrible invasion of, you know, uh personal space and, and you know and yeah. dignity and all that stuff, obviously. Yeah, and it never sat right with me that Janet Jackson got all the blame for that and Justin yeah. Timberlake just got the skirt on by like he wasn't even there. That is the craziest thing, for sure. But still, when you're that age, you're just like, I miss what? You don't, you know. So, uh, that's kind of my history with the halftime shows. Um, I'm getting better at it, weirdly, as I get older, but like I'm able to stay up and watch them but uh but um and another thing with this game that that we also talked we mentioned is just the extra week because of the extra game this season you know uh, of the schedule mm-hmm. there's an extra week in between the conference championship and the super bowl so there's two whole weeks we you know a lot happened in those two weeks that I wasn't really pay, even paying attention to the game. We just spent almost two hours talking about the NBA because of what happened in the past seven days. Normally, you know, we wouldn't have that, you know, that window to uh, to distract us from the game itself, from the big game. Well, it's so, always been, it's always been two weeks between the conference championship games and Super Bowl, but like you said, it's never been this late in the year. Sure. Something like what happened this year with the NBA just kind of took over the week. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I like I watched the game on Sunday. We'll talk about, but oh yeah. Well, who do you got? Who 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 you got? I'm going. I'm. You know who I'm going for. You know we we've talked about this multiple times. As much as I love Patrick Mahomes, I I gotta go with Philadelphia. Only like everything in my head is telling me to pick the Eagles because they've been the best team all year from start to finish. The only thing that stopped me is like Patrick Mahomes is Superman, (laughs) right? Like, I'll never 
forget that one Super Bowl he played against the uh, Buccaneers where his offensive line was basically you, me, and three dudes from Home Depot. And he <laughs> did that one pass where he's like flying through the air mm-hmm. and it gets to the receiver, it hits him in the helmet, and he doesn't catch it. Like he's he's so amazing and he can do things on the field that no other player can do. And that alone is enough to, you know, make the Chiefs a threat. It doesn't matter that his you couldn't name anybody from his receiver core except for Travis Kelsey. Like, oh, and dancing Juju Smith Schuster. That's the only two dudes that you can name that catch the ball. <laughs> it none of that matters. Like, even with a busted ankle, he was still out there outplaying the Bengals. So that's the only thing that gives me pause. But I'm taking the Eagles, too. They're just a better team. They were the most complete team this year, too. Mm -hmm. I mean... um, Yeah, and... and, uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. Because both have pretty... Good defenses and electric, not like I don't want to say electric, but really good offenses. Um, yeah, and it, you know it, it's been a while since we've had the consensus: two best teams from each conference play each other, mm-hmm. number one versus number one. So that's good to see. You know the two top teams back at it. Yeah, and I'm still going with what I said last time. Last time the Astros won the World Series, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. History, I feel like history going to repeat itself again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I just like the Eagles more. Like that's all it comes. It comes down to like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if the if the Chiefs win this, because Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns and has like some sixty two yard scramble for a TD, like are you going to be surprised? No, of course not. <laughs> if Superman becomes Superman, you're not going to be shocked. I'm I'm just going with the um with the Eagles. I feel like that's all we have to say about Super Bowl. We're not going to get like in depth X's and O's talk about the defensive offensive lines and shit. That's like all that. I've got. Both both quarterbacks are healthy. Mm-hmm. They've had the luxury of two weeks to get healthy, um, so there shouldn't be any concerns going into mm-hmm. the game. So hopefully, it'll be a true matchup of the two best teams battling it out. Yeah, hopefully it'll be close. Um, That's all I ask for for any game, really. Yeah, it's a close game. Yeah, let's make it interesting. That's all we need. Yeah, because if it's a blowout, well, then damn it, we're not even going to get to the commercials. (laughs) Um, you have a pick for MVP of the game? Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. All right, I'm not going to pick the same person you picked. So let me think. I'm gonna look at. I was thinking, oh, it's gonna be someone that I cannot think of on top of my head because I was about to say Fletcher Cox. But uh, let's go to the roster. And I'll try to be as fast as I can because 
my dog over here has gotten a little crazy. He's on attacking the cats. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. He's over here attacking the cats right now. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just over here trying to look over here. And oh, there he goes. I heard it. Now. He's lost his mind. He's barking. Pick, damn it. Pick. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm going to pick Miles Sanders. Ah, okay. Uh, he may agree or may not agree. He's lost his mind. He's like, Father, how could you pick against my homes? Right. Oh, Pharaoh. All right. Um, last thing before we get out of here. Um, the ah. Texans made official. They um, signed Amico Ryan to be their next head coach, making the Texans the first team to ever have back to back to back black head coaches. <laughs> A little bit of history there. Um, so, what do you think? I'm trying to wrangle him, and he thinks we're playing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about the hire, my man? I like it. Mm-hmm. I love it, actually, because it was – they finally got – and someone, you know, another pundit said this. They finally went out and got someone that a lot of other teams wanted. Yeah. So, you know, there's clearly something there, and you're bringing back one of the best players in the – in the team's, you know, the organization's history. Um, a young defensive-minded coach. Uh, and a guy that everybody seems to like. So there's n- there's nothing to not like about it. And on top of that, they gave him six years. So, you know, this isn't just a, an experiment. This is a full-on commitment, which we don't see a lot of out of Cal McNair. Especially when it comes to coaches, and you know, some would even say when, it, especially when it comes to black coaches, Kyle, they're out there trying to fight the racism accusations. <laughs> Let's see how it works. Um, man, I'm, I like the hire. I think um, I'm more tepid than most people because I want to see how what the coaching staff looks like and what they do sure. in the upcoming draft. So, and also it's like D'Amico Ryans, is he a great defensive coordinator or is he a great defensive mind or did he have great defensive players? That he inherited. That's fair as well. No, I get that as well. Um, but I think as, as good of a player as he was, you know, you don't get into coaching. You don't last this long in coaching if you, you know, don't have something to offer. And like I was talking to Daniel about the hire and um, I was like, so at what what year in this contract do you think they'll be challenging for the division? And I asked you the same question. So you got six years. Mm-hmm. What year will they start challenging for the AFC South? Realistically, the way this team is constructed right now, mm-hmm. before we know who the OC, uh, the yeah, the OC, the DC, you know, before we know any coaches, any of that stuff, four years, year four. Year four? Yeah. All right. Because I said year three. They say next year. That could change if they, if they, depending on the coaches that they, the staff that they, you know, that he brings on. Um, I, I saw that they were talking, trying to interview uh, Cliff Kingsbury for offensive coordinator. 
you know, he, he was a high-powered – he coached a high-powered offense at, what, Texas Tech? Mm-hmm. Something like that. That was a long time ago. But um, but if he's able to emulate any of that, that's something that the team kind of needs. They're, they have to put points on the board. You know, it's – Oh, speaking of – uh, former Arizona Cardinals coaches. The Texans have reached a deal with Matt Burke, who was a former Cardinals defensive line coach, to be the team's new defensive coordinator. Matt Burke. Was he the, I got, was he the guy that got drunk? Uh, I don't think so. Or is it the general manager? I might be a general manager. Because it was him, they would be in this ESPN report, and it's definitely mm-hmm. not here. But yeah, so they got the defense coordinator, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Let's see. Under Burke, the Cardinals allowed 118 rushing yards per game in 2022, which ranked 14th in the league. And you might think, oh man, middle of the pack. What the? What does he know? Last year, the Texans allowed a league worst 170 rushing yards a game. <laughs> right. So even if they get to 114 or what it was, uh, 118, you know, <laughs> that's a major improvement. Mm-hmm. You went from historically bad to mid. I'll take that every day of the of the week. God, that was the worst since the. The um 08 Lions. Yeah. And you think in 08 Lions, wasn't that the year they, they uh, lost every game? Yes, it was. <laughs> and one more thing that's mm-hmm. uh uh related to the Texans, sort of. Dom Capers was hired by the Carolina Panthers. Dom Capers was the original head coach for the Texans way back when uh, hired by the Carolina Panthers as a senior defensive consultant to their new defensive coordinator. And they also hired former quarterback, Josh McCown to be the quarterbacks coach. Hmm. I'm bringing it all together. Stay with me. The era of trying to hire Josh McCown to the Texans is over. Officially. For now. For now. Well, for now, for now. In fact, how old is Josh Daniels? Was Josh McCown? Josh McCown. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. Forty three. Forty three. So Tomiko gets all six years and then gets out. He'll only be forty nine. It's still possible, <laughs> baby. As we saw with uh, the George Floyd protest, just because white people will give black people a chance for a little bit, it's only for a little bit. Still there? Yeah. I, I stunned you. <laughs> You're quiet. <enough. laughs> yeah. All right. You got anything else, man? That's it. All right. So let's get up out of here. Um Put this. I was gonna say put this dog down before he gets fair, but that would be too. But that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't say that. I, I had to hold him by his um 
by his um by his dog there, but he's cool now. He's looking at me like, "What did I do?" I'm like, you know, what <laughs> like the damn fool. All right, so let's get out of here. Um, Anthony, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. We'll back um sometime next week after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and um, thank you Preview all. The elimination chamber. Oh yeah! Wow! Oh wow! I forgot that was so soon. Mm-hmm. But like Royal Rumble was like yesterday, man. Um, yeah. So we'll be back talking some wrestling. Um, thank you all for listening, download, sharing everything you do. We appreciate it. And like I said, we'll be back next week. Oh, oh, oh wait, oh. Yes. Okay. He's he's jumping back in. Ooh. You guys did great tonight. Oh, great job covering the NBA. Thanks, Shaq. Man. How do you like that? He stuck around. Yes, I did. <sighs> you done got me completely frazzled. All I can't even do my outro now. <laughs> Let's get out of here. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later.